Good morning, saints of our Lord, and welcome to Thy Strong Word. We gather this next hour around the gift of the inspired and true Word of God and the Word made flesh, our Lord Jesus Christ, who is our light and our salvation for you. The light shines on us today from Paul's letter to the churches of Galatia, concluding chapter 5. At the beginning of this chapter, for freedom, he says, For freedom has Christ has set you free. And he says, he says, as he continues on, to not use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through it, love, serve your neighbor. What does this look like? Paul gives us some good examples of this, what it doesn't look like and what it does. He'll help us out today and see what the life of the Spirit is like. Thank you for tuning us in this morning on Worldwide KFUO, Christ for you anytime, anywhere. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you to our friends at Lutheran Heritage Foundation for your support. Visit lhfmissions.org for more information, lhfmissions.org. To help us be strengthened by God's word this morning, we have with us Pastor Ross Shaver of Zion Lutheran Church in Nampa, Idaho. Pastor Shaver, welcome to Thy Strong Word. Uh, thank you for having me. It's a, it's a pleasure to be here. Do you ever have any uh, times you say Nampa, Idaho, that people think that, no, excuse me, it's supposed to be Tampa, Florida. Do you ever have that happen? <laughs> no, I've never had that happen. No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> That's just curious. Yeah. Because we didn't no, have no. a, <laughs> we over did have a here, mistake. Yeah. Go ahead. Over here, if anything, it'd be Napa, like Napa Valley, California. <laughs> oh, there you go, I suppose. Yeah. We yeah. did have a little mistake that I think I might have written Florida. I think I had Tom Brady on the mind and the Super Bowl on the mind. So anyways, <laughs> it said Nampa, Florida. And I was like, I don't think that's right. So yeah, Idaho. We know that you are on, yes. in Idaho. Anyways, so Pastor Shaver, this is your first time on Thy Strong Word. Can you yes. uh, introduce yourself? Uh, tell us about the work of the Saints of Zion Lutheran or anything to give us a feel um, for the ministry and the work that the Lord is doing through you and by His Word. Yeah, sure. So um, I've been here um, serving the saints here at Zion Lutheran Church School and daycare for coming up on 10 years. So my second mm. call, and um, it's been a really a, a joy and a pleasure to to be part of the ministry here. So um, we, we've got a, a lot of exciting things that, that the church has been involved with over its history. It's 103 years old. Hmm. So um, one of the older churches in this part of Idaho, um, been through uh, been through a lot of things, um, some really good things, some difficult and hard times as well, and so um, yeah, it was a really quite a joy to to step in and be able to serve the the people of God here in this place and be part of the the work that God is doing um, by means of of the Word and the Sacrament and in the community. So. And you have a school there, am I correct? Yeah, we do. So um, Zion Lutheran School, it's a um, uh, school's been around for about 60 years. Hmm. It, is, um, it is a classical uh, education. So uh, we've been doing that for um, coming up on seven or eight years now. And um, we have dual accreditation through uh, the National Lutheran Schools, as well as the Consortium for Classical and Lutheran Education. Um, grade school. So we go up uh, this year, uh, preschool through fifth grade. Next year, we're pushing up through sixth grade. So um, yeah, we, um, we've we had a, the joy and the privilege to be part of the, have a school and have that school ministry 
here um, that have the classical education, which has been a, a gigantic benefit um, really for, for the community as well as for us. Um, we've also been able, uh, being in Idaho, a little more um, freedoms here than in some other places of the United States that um, we've been able to have in-person learning the entire school year and mm. have a, yeah, just have a wonderful staff, great, um, great students and families. And um, yeah, it's just been a, it's been a joy and a, and a pleasure to be able to be part of a school ministry in this kind of setting in this kind of way. So what are the colleges in Idaho that people are big into? Idaho State, I know that's, and then there's okay. the University of Idaho, or what are the, what are the big yeah. names? So the, big, the biggest one's Boise State. So Boise State, that's right. Boise okay. State, okay. yeah, the Boise State Broncos. <laughs> so that's, that's kind of, that's the team, um, obviously located in Boise. So and that's about uh, 20 or 30 minutes from me. Then, mm. um, yeah, University of Idaho, that's way up north. Um, in northern Idaho. So that's going to be the big rival. That's a uh, smaller school. But, um, but really, those are the two big ones. And there's, there's a spattering of some other um, smaller ones, some private schools. We're actually, our, um, our church is located just about two blocks from Northwest Nazarene University. So uh, hmm. um, a Nazarene University, it's been here for about 100 years, a little over 100 years as well. Okay. Okay. Well, this is great. Uh, one of the joys is we, we we have guests from all over the place. We have from New Hampshire. Um, recently, we have them from Florida and, and California and Washington and uh, parts of Texas and so forth. And the, the, the amazing thing is, to me, is one, the cultural differences you had. We just had a guest, um, Pastor Ross Engel, um, last week. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> Ross is in Florida. Pastor, uh, Pastor Engel is. And he, he, around him, within an hour, is three naval bases. And mm. then you go to New Hampshire, and we had Pastor Brian Stecker up there. And he's like, you know, there's like no Lutheran churches almost in all of New England. And they're surrounded by mountains. And, and just the, the great work they're doing there, and obviously where you are as well. And, and all of this comes together under one foundation, which is thy strong word. You know, we come together yeah. under his name and all that he does. So thank you for the, the introduction. And reminder to you, our listeners, that uh, while we are uh, listening, while we're listening today, I want to challenge you to write in, uh, what are you doing while you listen? You think of the mountains of, uh, of Idaho, what you could be doing, or on the beach in Florida, are you doing dishes? Are you, are you exercising? Uh, are, you, uh, making, are you eating lunch or whatever it might be? Whatever you're doing, send us an email, kfuo at kfuo.org, kfuo at kfuo.org. Org. Um, nothing real surprising to this point, but I will say this. There has been nobody that said that I listen while hiking in the mountains of Idaho. What do you think of that, Pastor? Well, I think it's about time. Maybe some more people <laughs> in Idaho need to listen to the show. Exactly. All right. Well, Pastor, as we begin uh, digging into God's Word, can you begin us in prayer? Yes, please. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Lord God, Almighty Father, and everlasting. We give you thanks for, for this day, for the opportunity once more to, uh, to study your word, to hear again the, the words of life and the good news of the salvation that we have in Christ, of our identity in him as we are, as we are united to him through the waters of our baptism, strengthened and encouraged through that 
proclamation of the word and the sacrament of the body and blood of Christ. So grant us your grace here today as we hear your word once more and open our hearts and our ears to hear that word for faith and the building up of our love for you and our love for others through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Okay, we are in Galatians chapter 5. I encourage everyone to open your Bibles, um, your iPads, or whatever it is you're looking on. We are starting in verse 16. But before we begin that, Pastor, can you give us um, some introductory remarks concerning the background uh, context to kind of help us? And these these verses are very um, profound as far as the Christian life, what you do, what you don't do, all founded on Christ, clearly. Can you give us some background as we get to this point of uh, to help us out? Yeah, so um, this does come near the end of, of Galatians, and I know that, um, you know, we've been walking through this book on this program here. Um, so as you mentioned, you know, we're just coming up on at the end of chapter five, where we're saying Paul again is reiterating the importance that that we have been set free from sin. That um, and because of that, that we um, that changes our identity. And this is something we'll get we'll get back to later because this is really part of the key of this whole passage. Is it, it changes our identity and who we are. And now as as um, part of the new creation in Christ, um, that we're not submit back to the old ways, right? The old ways of living um, that that Paul is going to describe here is the works of the flesh. But because of our identity in Christ, now we um, we we are created new to um, to live in that freedom of the gospel, and that changes everything about about who we are, um, about the way we view the world, about the way we view um, our brothers and sisters, as well as the um, this the Christian life. And so, um, as Paul goes goes through this section, that's one of the big things now that he's going to be um, hitting on. And as again, as he's been speaking to the Galatians this whole time, um, putting up this contrast about now, this is who you are in Christ. So don't go back to your old ways, right? Mm -hmm. Um, this is who you are now. So now, so act like it, right? Mm -hmm. Don't act like something you're not anymore, but act like who you are in Christ. And he's going to set up this beautiful contrast of, um, again, of the works of the flesh and the fruit of the spirit, Begin to have that um, very practical application and implications on what this means to be uh, one who is in Christ. And that is one of the hardest parts, and this is why I encourage you, our listeners, one of the hardest parts in the Christian life is sometimes to know, what am I to do? And sometimes even more importantly, what am I not supposed to do? Um, and, and here it gives us a feel for that, but it's different than the 10-step program you get at a leadership conference. Because when we talk about what we are to do, um, we pray the Lord to help us to do that. Uh, this is a, something that God gives. At the same time, what we're not supposed to do, we also pray for that, that Lord help us um, not to do those things. And that's why I love about this, especially in the context of where Pastor Shaver is going to lead us, um, is the understanding of this is all in God's you know, spirit and understanding of how we should follow in his ways, which is the problem in Galatia. They are not looking to God's ways or looking for outside rules and laws. And he says, basically, this is one of the greatest uh, lines in this whole uh, epistle is, don't go back to slavery, live in freedom. And today he's going to show us what that looks like. 
Right. Let's go through 16 through 18 and talk about spirit and the flesh. Paul writes, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Pastor, he talks about spirit and flesh. What are the, uh, what is he, what's the distinction he's making here? Well, it's um, really, he's talking about, um, and he's starting to describe these two different ways of living. Again, one walking by the spirit, um, which he mentions in verse 16, right? But I say walk Mm -hmm. by the spirit. And then the other are the desires of the flesh. And so he sets up this um, this contrast of uh, really describing this this spiritual battle between um, between the spirit and the sinful flesh. It's a battle that goes on within the lives of every single Christian. And so we're all very familiar with this kind of struggle that goes on uh, in, internally for us. And really, one of the keys here, um, and there's a little bit of a debate by this. Um, but I, but I think this is, um, I think this is the case. I really do that the, when he says to to walk by the spirit again, what he's talking about here, really it's, it's God's spirit. And so in a lot of, in a lot of Bibles, um, spirit will be capitalized there, right? So this is, this Mm -hmm. is something much greater than just some sort of generic spiritual walk, but this is walking by the Holy spirit, the very spirit of Christ, and so that this contrast of walking by the Spirit and gratifying the desires of the flesh is a spiritual battle being waged in the life of God's people between God's Spirit and the sinful flesh. And when we, when we kind of get, get to this kind of understanding then, it, it, it helps us to distinguish what's going on and what this, what this Christian life means and what it actually looks like to walk by the Spirit. That, that walking by the Spirit then is walking in line and being, um, being in step with the very Spirit of God. Where, mm. where the flesh here, as Paul is, is defining this, the flesh refers to an existence then apart from Christ and apart from His Spirit. So you have these two things, um, again, kind of uh, opposed to each other that are uh, battling inside the life of the Christian. This also brings up an incredibly important point here that that Paul, he's already touched on in the book of Galatians, and he's going to touch on it later on as well. But the key to this as well is, this is, again, this is God's spirit who's fighting for you, right? This is not a battle of the will, the human mm-hmm. will, right? Mm-hmm. But this is, mm-hmm. this is a battle that takes place in the life of the Christian, certainly, and we are certainly involved. But it's, it's the Spirit of God and then the desires of the flesh. And we're caught up into that. But because of, again, who we are in Christ, and because of the victory that Christ has over sin, death, and the devil by, by his crucifixion and his resurrection— the victory is is already ours, right? So, um, and that change. So that's going to change the way that we look at these things. And that's mm-hmm. part of Paul's point here: is again, this is who you are 
in the victory that you have in Christ. So act like it. Don't don't act like you're something different anymore, like what you used to be when you were still stuck in the um, in the sinful flesh and the desires and gratifying the desires of that flesh. So this is interesting, um, and it's great, great overview because you distinguish obviously between the spirit and the flesh, and Paul flushes that out if I can say it that way. And so you have the spirit is the Holy Spirit that is given to us as a gift. Um, how do you receive this Holy Spirit? How would you, because I, I want to go basic here so that okay. we can really look at when we look at flesh and we look at fruits of the spirit, how do you receive this spirit? Let's ask it that All way. Right. Well, um, probably one of the uh, the easiest ways really to um, to explain this whole thing is that um, when, when uh, a person, a believer, um, receives the Holy Spirit in the waters of baptism, Right, as we're baptized into the name of, of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. And at that time, as, as God bestows His Spirit upon us, then um, we also have this struggle. We're entered into this struggle now with the old Adam and the new Adam. As, as we are regenerated into this new man in Christ, that old sinful Adam, um, man, he doesn't want to be put to death. He doesn't want to be crucified with Christ. And so he, he continues to, to rear up his ugly head over and over again. And if that weren't enough, then the devil comes and attacks us too. And if that's not enough, the sinful world encroaches on us. Um, so we have all of these things um, that, that are battling against the Holy Spirit delivered to us by the means of grace. And then that faith in Christ, which is the work of the Spirit, that is sustained through, um, through the ongoing proclamation of the Word and the sacraments. One of the one of the quotes I heard at one time is the idea of the water went upon my head, and the bullseye then was put on my back. Right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the devil's going after you. At the yeah. same time, it's almost I, I don't know how to necessarily describe it because you you talk about the flesh. So we know the Holy Spirit comes through the gifts of Christ, right. and that's why we come and receive those. And the flesh can be severely misunderstood. A couple of uh, a couple of weeks ago, we talked about Gnosticism and the understanding mm-hmm. of physical bad and an internal um, uh, knowledge is good. And that's so easy for us. Gnosticism can can sneak into this where you're thinking that you know, kind of like my soul is perfect and my body has no no. As, is bad or awful or terrible or something. And and you can easily be led that way here, but I like how you said it. You said the flesh is is an existence apart from Christ and his Holy Spirit. This right. is right. how you would talk about the flesh. Am I am I right in how you define that? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly right. And and okay. really again, part of part of the key to this too is uh this is an issue of identity. Of, of who we are in Christ, right? So, so being walking by the Spirit is is now our identity. That's who mm. who people who are in Christ. That's what they do uh, naturally now. Where where satisfying the desires of the flesh again, if that is that existence apart from Christ and and His Spirit, that's then part of that identity too. And those two identities are at odds with each other. This this also then, uh, and you brought up how easy this passage is to misunderstand. This also, I think, brings up a really important, uh, a very, very important issue. Then in the way that this battle goes 
and and the way that the Christian then is engaged. An easy way to abuse this kind of passage is as well as this is part of the problem with with the Galatians in general, and oftentimes still with us, is we think the way to overcome the sinful flesh is to simply pile upon more law, mm. right? Just do this, right? So don't do this, but do this. And, and if we're just changing one set of laws to another set of laws, then we're still stuck, right? And this goes back to the beginning of the chapter, right? That Christ has set us free, right? We're free from the burden of the law. We're free from the curse of sin. And so this isn't just setting up a different set of laws to counter an older set of laws, but but the Spirit now counters the flesh in a way that the law never can, and it counters it with the gospel, right? The good news of, of Christ crucified for the forgiveness of our sins, and then our connection to Him, again, through the waters of baptism and the bestowal of the Spirit, who then leads and guides us so that now as that new man in Christ, we walk by the Spirit. We walk in step with Him. And, and as it says in Second Corinthians, you are a new creation in Christ. Um, Galatians right. 2 talks about... Uh, I have been crucified with Christ, no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. Um, right. And this is a great reminder of that, and it points us to verse 18. He says, but if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. It's almost like he's emphasizing exactly what you said, or you said it based right. on his words, obviously, is right. uh, that that this is not more piling up of the law, <laughs> not giving you right. more to mortify the flesh or something like that. But this is saying this is all gift. It is Christ's spirit who is uh, uh, leading you and and to flush that out, but not adding more to your plate, but showing you the freedom that we have in Christ. Any right. last thoughts on those verses? Yeah. Well, just, um, yeah, just a couple uh, real brief ones, real. That doesn't, that doesn't excuse the Christian then to sit back and not do anything. Right? right. This is not an excuse for laziness and just saying, well, the Spirit's doing this. Because there is an exhortation here. Paul said, <laughs> but I say, walk by the Spirit, right? That that after after this baptismal regeneration, after God's Spirit has been given to us and draws a person to himself by the means of grace. Now again, that new man in Christ, right? We want to do good. We should delight in the will of God. Um, and desire to to be more spiritual, to grow in the good works and the love. And um, in this sense now, after um, conversion, the, the formula of Concords, I think, says it beautifully. Um, it says this in the Solid Declaration, Article 2. Um, it says, the converted person does, um, does good to such an extent, and as long as God, by his Holy Spirit, rules, guides, and leads him. Right? Mm. So... This mm-hmm. isn't fully complete, but it is begun in us. And so as Christ has begun this in us and the Holy Spirit now leads us, we're to, again, to walk in step and to, to follow along at his prompting as, as he lays out the work that he would have us do so that we can, um, so that we can follow in that and do the good works that, that Christ has already prepared beforehand for us to do in him. And so, so that Christian walk then is is directed forward, right towards Christ, following the Holy Spirit, um, and and always looking ahead 
to the fulfillment of the new creation. And, and that is so important for us to understand is that this is a ongoing situation. This is a continuous right. need of the Holy Spirit. You know, I've heard that, you know, sometimes we act like, well, I had this, I had the spirit because, you know, of this, but it's a continuous need for this Holy Spirit, a continuous, that's what he tells us. And he, tell, he tells them and tells us, walk by the spirit as an exhortation to remind us that this is a continuing battle. But the Lord is obviously on our side. We have right. about a minute left here before our break here, Pastor. So I want to do this. I want to read verses um, 19 through 21, where he tells us about the flesh. The mm-hmm. works of the flesh are evident. And this is always important for us to be able to see what um, we don't want to do, um, to be able to call out evil when it is seen, and then also as a guide for us to, you know, okay, this is, this is out of bounds. You know, you shouldn't be there. Right. And, and then it beautifully is put into the work of the Spirit. So we'll read that, and then we'll go right to our break. Verse 19 through 21. Now the works of the flesh are evident. Sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, idolatry, sorcery, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and all things like these. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. Some very strong and powerful words for us to consider. On the other side of our break, we are studying Galatians chapter 5 with Pastor Ross Shaver. We will be right back. On America's college campuses, doors are open to sharing the good news of Jesus Christ. The number of international students studying at American schools has more than quadrupled over the past decade. For many of these young men and women, it's their first time living in a free society where they can ask questions about Christianity. You can help answer their questions. Go to lhfmissions.org and partner with the Lutheran Heritage Foundation to translate good Lutheran books into languages these students can read and understand. lhfmissions.org and welcome back we are studying galatians chapter 5 with pastor ross shaver from napa nampa idaho not tampa bay florida but nampa idaho as we are looking at galatians chapter 5 we ended kind of on a debbie downer note talked about the works of the flesh, and we're reminded of the long list that is there, which if we're honest with each other and we're honest about life, these are things that we've all seen, uh, maybe participated in, uh, or currently are, and it reminds us of our need of a Savior. So, Pastor Shaver, as you look at these works of the flesh, uh, where do you, what direction do you want to take us with this? Because this can be, like I said, this can kind of be a downer as we look at things. So he goes through the right. whole list. What do you, what do you right. want to go with this? Well, um, let's just kind of give a, a kind of a brief overview, really, of of uh, this list and what really what Paul is part of what Paul is trying to get at here. And one of the first things again, he says, you know, the works of the flesh; these are evident. So these aren't hidden. Uh, you don't have to go searching for these. And as you mentioned, these are these are still 
sins. There's still the works that, that are evident within God's people and the lives of God's people in the world still now. Mm. And so it's very timely and, and very important to, um, to recognize that this isn't just a struggle that the Corinth or that the Galatians were going through, right? But this is a struggle that, that God's people still go through as part of that ongoing battle that, that wages inside of our lives. So just looking at this list, first of all, this is not an, um, this is not a fully extensive list or mm-hmm. comprehensive list of, of vices. We, we certainly have um, some, some big ones in here, but there's a lot more that could have been said. Um, and that's why at the, end, at the end of that list, he just simply says, and things like these. So he's giving us an mm-hmm. example of what the works of the flesh are. And, and they're kind of divided up. Um, the list is a little haphazard here. But it's kind of divided up into four different types of sins. And again, we, could, we see these sins uh, in, in our own lives. We see them, unfortunately, in the lives of the church and um, certainly in the lives of, of the rest of the world. So you have these first three, um, sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality. Right? These three that are really wrapped up into to sexual sins and sins uh, of the body. Mm. Now, certainly, you don't have to look far in our culture to see this stuff is running rampant, right? And and again, it's it's everywhere, and it's even hard for us to to get away from this this kind of thing. And so, these lists, while they're not they're not um, necessarily synonyms for each other. They do all relate to one another in that there are these sins, um, these sexual sins against our body, against the body of other people in which these sins are engaged. And, and again, they're evident. So they're not being hidden up, but it's right out there for us to see. Then he goes on. Um, he goes on and he, the next two, idolatry and sorcery, right, that these are, um, these are now sins against God. And these are sins, we see them going all the way back. I mean, really all of these, right, have been ever since the fall. But idolatry and sorcery, sins where um, our, our worship is directed towards things other than God. So this is where you have the beauty of, of Martin Luther's, the explanation of, of the first commandment. We should fear, love, and trust in God above all things. And that's what these sins are talking about. That's these, these works of the flesh. It's where our, our fear, love, and trust is directed towards things other than the triune God as he has revealed himself mm. to us in Scripture. And Can I t- then, take one moment sure. to look at this? Is that it's interesting to me, too, as he talks about this is really an uplifting of the flesh, if anything, because he's speaking about... Um, other parts in his epistles is that do you not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit? Right. And and this is just, I, I guess I never made that connection to the works of the flesh. Of course, I always think about the fruit of the Spirit, but here he's he's uplifting and is saying, okay, this is not what you do because you are a new creation. You have the Holy Spirit living in you. And 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 it's just a good reminder for us that to talk about Holy Spirit and the body are not two separate things, but they are intricately connected because new creation, Holy Spirit, 
all together. And when you do these things, like you said, when you don't fear, love, and trust in God above all things, when you are doing sexual things, you know, uh, it affects not only uh, your body, but the, the things um, outside your body as well. So it's just, it's something to really um, to look at this in the positive sense that we are a new creation and how we use that new creation appropriately. I, it's just right. a thought I had as we continue to move on. So keep going. This yeah. is really good stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So one note, one note on that, you know, elsewhere in scripture says, right, that you, you are not your own, right? You're bought at a price right, and, right. and you're bought at the, the, the price is the, the innocent suffering and death of Jesus. And because of that, you belong to him. Again, that shapes, that shapes your identity, who you are and the way that you, you act with, with both your body and your soul. So, so he goes on then, I guess going on, um, now, now he shifts the next, uh, the next several really are, are sins that are related to, um, kind of, uh, relational between, between people, mm-hmm. right? So you, so you move from, you know, sins really against your, from, against your own body, sins against God. Now these are sins in society, sins you see against other people, enmity, strife, jealousy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, envy. Mm-hmm. So, um, and all of this, I mean, you, you can certainly see how all of these things play in, right? Sin, sin creates that barrier between God and us, certainly, but also between, be, between people. And so now, rather than, rather than a good unity and concord, you have you have these kinds of divisions that come up, the enmity, the strife, jealousy, all these other things, and and that should not be so because we are united in Christ, right? For in Christ and you're in Christ, then we are brothers and sisters in this way. And so this this thing again is is antithetical to our identity, and unfortunately, right? It it happens, still mm-hmm. happens greatly mm-hmm. among the people of God. Um, all of these things uh, that that cause these kinds of divisions and barriers put up between God's people, and this is something we can really relate with in the church. Like you can hide other immoral behavior. You can kind of hide your idols or try to, you know, baptize them or something along those lines. But we can all relate, even those in the church, to the rest of these strife jealousy, envy, fits of anger, rivalries, dissensions, divisions, those things happen in our churches. No matter how hard we try to hide the other sins, those ones just come out. And it's not because, and things, this is what causes people to not want to be part of the church. And I'm not blaming people for this. Sometimes it's a misunderstanding of what the church is. The body of, of Christ, yes, but also a body of sinners. That right. <laughs> that you come together and you pray for God to help with these things, but these things happen because we are a bunch of sinners together. So that's why I found interesting in this too. Reading this once again is that there's some things that we can hide really well, and then there's right. these things right in the middle of it that we can see firsthand and causes so many consciences to be seared, so many people to to question their relationship with God, and which once again points us to why we need help, why we need a savior, why we need forgiveness. So right. I, that one really right. struck me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. And that, you know, that goes back just really to the beginning of uh, verse 19, right? The, that these, the works of the flesh, these things are evident, 
Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, don't, you can see them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They're right there. Oh, my. And then, All right, you on. know, yeah, you have, so you have a couple more, right? Drunkenness and orgies and things like these. So these are, are, are really sins of um, excessive, you know, some kind of excessive nature, right? Um, again, um, things that, that are antithetical to, um, to the Christian life. And we're going to see some of the, um, the parallels here and the contrast when we get to the fruit of the Spirit how, uh, and, and what the answer to, these, um, to this list of, of works of the flesh really is and and there's a uh we're really just a couple of notes about about this whole list in general mm-hmm. is you know the warning that Paul is giving us again not a comprehensive list but examples of what this looks like um these things he's what he's not talking about is the occasional sin right where you know I it just something happens and a fits of anger and I I you know, I lose my temper. It's something more than that. These are these are um, habitual, ongoing, practicing these sorts of um, works of the flesh, and that's why Paul says, "I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things will not inherit the kingdom of God." Right. So it's not if you, you know, I stumble across sin and I do something I shouldn't have, then now you're going straight to hell. Mm-hmm. But it is if if you continue on to practice this sorts of things and gratify the desires of the flesh, it's going to lead you in one direction, and that's not towards the kingdom of God. Right. Right, and and this goes to First Corinthians six, where he speaks very similar. Do not be deceived. Right. Either sexually immoral, adulterers, adulterers, men who practice homosexuality. Goes on the list or swindlers will not inherit the kingdom of God. Um, and so so he's very strong language and kind of perks your ears up a little bit because we see ourselves in this list. This is <laughs> this is right. serious deal because he does not end in a way that's kind of like, but that's no big deal. You're saved anyways. You know, he, right. doesn't, he right. doesn't say yeah. that. Um, and, and, and with that comes uh, this this reality that if you continue in those things, and you lose sight of God because if you continue down those things, the 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 uh, the uh, the end of that story is that you're gonna be so focused on those things you lose God. You don't have God exactly. anymore. You have yourself yeah. as your own God doing the desires of your flesh. So this is serious business that we need. Obviously, repentance. All right. Thoughts right. on that? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's exactly it. And this ought to cause us. Um, this ought to cause us really to to take a good hard look at our own selves and our own lives, because if we're honest, every single one of these things that he lists, we know that we have we have fallen into that temptation. We have sinned in this way. We mm-hmm. all have done these sorts of things in in either thought, word, or deed, right? And and so we need that sinful flesh again, and and the desires of the flesh that has to the old man again doesn't want to doesn't want to stay down. He doesn't want to stay dead, and so part of this ongoing battle is to to be warned again and again. These are the things that you ought to avoid, and. And, um, and when you fall into this, 
that um, and, and this he really gets to this in the next um, in the next several verses, right? The way the answer to this isn't just try harder. Right? Mm-hmm. Again, mm-hmm. it's not just exchanging one set of laws for another set of laws, and it's an interesting, interesting wordplay used here, where he says, you know, the works of the flesh, and this is compared earlier in Galatians, where he talks about the works of the law, right, yeah, and that we right. are not saved by the works, right, but we are saved by by the grace of God that is found in Jesus Christ, and so. And it's- Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, it's, just, it's interesting. It's interesting to me because um, in our constitutions in the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, you'll have the old the constitutions will talk about what is a member, and a member is one that does not do manifest works of the flesh, and it quotes right. <laughs> Galatians five, yes. and it, it's it's a yes. good exhortation. I do appreciate that exhortation. There is a, uh, I would say, a lack of pointing us to the gospel at the same time in that, because it kind of makes it sound like, well, no one should be a member in this place, right. and so Lord right. have mercy. Um, but it's a good exhortation that it's not a matter of knowing whether or not you should do this, but that we need the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see once again that we can easily fall into these, that we need a right. reminder to say, hey, you know, time to step it up and not. A notch because as first Corinthians says, um, glorify God with your body. And right, that's right. You know, a great segue to our next part. I want yeah. I, I personally want to get to the fruit of the spirit because I'm feeling like I said, I'm let's feeling do the it. down here. So you want to do it? Okay. All right. Yeah. So, verses twenty-two through twenty-three. Um yeah, yeah, we're gonna do that. Twenty-two, twenty-three. Yeah. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. Fruit of the Spirit. What is he? How, right. Okay, how do we get this fruit of the Spirit? How, how would you describe that to somebody when they ask? All right, all right. So this this really is the key. And note, you know, this is where language really, really comes in a big help. Again, you have this contrast, right? Works of the flesh and fruit of the Spirit. And that's really important, right? These are not works that that he's talking about. So again, it's not just now you need, you know, instead of sexual immorality, impurity, sensuality, you now need to go love more and have more joy and be peaceful with people. That's not what he's talking about. Not at all. It's the fruit. Mm. Notice that singular. It's not fruits, mm. right? It's the fruit of the spirit, which means the source of this fruit is the spirit, right? Not the human will, not just you try harder, right? But it's now God's spirit doing, creating, enlivening the fruit of this within the life of the Christian. And so the way, the way that you get this fruit then is by having the spirit. Right, because it's his work. It's it's the stuff that he is doing. It's it's the spirit's work, not our work. And this goes back. This is what the whole section is about, right? You walk by the spirit, mm. um, the spirit that has been given to you, delivered to you by the means of grace. That because that spirit now is going to work and create and grow this godly fruit in your lives. 
And, and this fruit can look a, a whole bunch of different ways. And so you have this list, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, right? And, and against these such things, there is no law, right? Because, because again, this is, this is the Spirit's fruit, right? Not, not the works that we're trying to do to get God to like us, and so these two lists then aren't just being set up in opposition. Don't do this. Instead, do this. But it's set up again. This is your the identity of one who who um, you know the desires of the flesh is one that is apart from Christ in the Spirit. But by being in the Spirit, walking by the Spirit, living by the Spirit, the this is the work that God is going to be doing in your life first and foremost, to you, for you, and then through you towards other people. You know, and that's, it reminds me of Jesus's words, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Right. right. And and that's a perfect picture of what he's speaking. I mean, this is kind of one of those things where you, you hear Paul speak, and you realize that within his heart and with you know in his mind and his and 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 in his in his heart and and so forth is that he is thinking these words Jesus says on the vine you are the branches you know you can do nothing without me um, right. kind of language and and that's a great picture for us that when you see a, a fruit of the vine that you have like grapes and they're just growing down like they're just there's 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 not like a um, that that we work really hard to like, okay, I'm going to make sure this grows now. Well, it's growing because it's connected to that vine and it exactly. just f- it flows down, if you can say it just happens. And these are the things that you said so beautifully is that, um, okay, now I'm going to go love more. All right, I'm going to work on love today. Okay, tomorrow I'm going to work on joy. And then there's going to be, I'm going to really work hard to get peace. I mean, can you imagine if you're right. trying to work hard for peace? It would never work. <laughs> and, it would, and patience right? never works. I've tried it. You try to meet, oh, okay, I'm going to be more patient now. And then you just get more impatient. All of this flows from God by the Holy Spirit. Um to you, changes you, and you said it's so great too. I want to ask you more about this, is that he changes us and then that outflows to our everyday life. Uh, can you unpack that a little more too? It oh, works sure. through us too. Yeah. Sure, sure. So, you know, these, uh, you know, so we keep in mind these, this list here, the for the spirit, it's not, it's not merely a list of, of qualities or characteristics of behavior, but again, is wrapped up in your identity, right? That a person is made new in the model of Christ himself. And so these, first and foremost, these things are characteristic of Jesus and the spirit then working on the new man in Christ. And because, so in order to do them, you first have to receive that. Mm. So in order to love, right? Um, So in order to love, we love because God first loved us. So, so here we have the Spirit now taking God's love shown to us in Christ and pouring it out into the heart of the believer. And because of that, then, because now I am filled with the love of God in Christ, delivered by the Spirit, that love now just it, it, it overflows in my life out towards my neighbor. And now I love my neighbor because Christ loves my neighbor because Christ loves me, not, you know, and so, 
so in order to, and we should be growing in these things, hopefully, I, yeah. I love better today than I did yesterday. But that comes, that growth comes first and foremost in the reception of God's gifts, right? Delivered to us through the means of grace. And as we receive that, then again, it flows out. Um, it overflows into our lives and flows out then in that love and service towards other, towards other people. And so, I mean, you could see this in each of these things, right? The love, God gives us this love, um, and then we are to love other people. So this is, you know, the, the Ten Commandments summarized, right? To love the mm-hmm. Lord of God and to love your neighbor. You have, the, you know, this next thing of joy, right? So the joy that the Spirit produces um, is first received by us, and we rejoice first and foremost. We rejoice in the Word, in the Lord, and in the Word that delivers God's grace. Since mm-hmm. the Lord, that's where He provides that saving Word. And because now we rejoice in the Lord, then we share that joy and that rejoicing with others. And sometimes it's in a more passive way, right? People just see it. You, good example throughout this, you know, the last year with COVID and everything and people looking at Christians and, and going, why are you guys not down in the dumps all the time? You know, this is a horrible thing. And you say, well, because I know I've, I've got the joy of Christ, right? Mm-hmm. I, I have mm-hmm. this. It's been delivered to me. And so now it overflows. The same with peace, mm-hmm. right? The peace always refers to this kind of a relationship between parties, right? Between two. So, um, we have the peace that comes from God and knowing that our sins are forgiven, that that relationship is restored or reconciled back to God. And, and because now I'm reconciled with God, um, that, that reconciliation and that peace now flows out to my brothers and sisters. The same with patience, right? It's God is p- more patient with us than we could ever be. God is, is patient. Um, He's long-suffering, and he bears with our sins. And if God can bear with my inconsistency and hypocrisy and my sinfulness, um, that then overflows in my lives And as I see other people sin, as I see other people fall into these sorts of things. Same again. And I mean, we could spend forever just talking about each one of these little things, the patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. And they all start with Christ um, because that's the model. Right. You, if you want to know what love looks like, you look at Christ. What does it look right. like to be gentle? You look to Christ. What does it look like to have self-control? You look to Christ. And what does it look like to have faithfulness? You look to the one who is faithful even when we are not. And that's a great, I mean, thank you for that that rundown of looking at each one, that this begins with receiving, and then it flows from there literally about giving that a lot of times is happening and you don't even know that it's happening. Um, That people will at times call you patient at times that you feel like you are the most impatient person around. That people will see you as gentle when maybe internally you feel anything but um, gentle and good and kind and all those things. And that is part of that understanding of this is, I think you said overflowing. It's like when I, 
when I'll try to do too many things in the kitchen and I'll try to make something like uh, noodles or something. And it just all of a sudden it bubbles and it flows over, you know, it isn't, they didn't do a lot of work to get that done. It just happened. And that's a reminder for us as Christians that it's an overflowing that flows out into the extension of loving our neighbor and also um, that our Lord continues to work in us. So you could do, we could do five hours on the fruits of the spirit the sure. main thing is that it comes and it flows from the vine of our Lord Jesus, and we are the branches that he continues to help us to grow. Let's right. continue on. We have about four minutes left here, Pastor, and let's finish these verses and let's wrap things up. Verses 24 to 26. And those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with his passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. So he ends here with some words of exhortation again, I would say. Yes, he does. Uh, walk yeah. by the Spirit, crucify the flesh, do not become jealous. What is he all telling us beyond in those words? What is he doing? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think, you know, first and foremost, really the key to this whole passage is verse 24. Those mm-hmm. who belong to, to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. So again, notice the language. They have, they already have, right? They belong mm-hmm. to Christ. They have crucified. So we should think of Romans 6, right? Do you not know that those of you who have been baptized in Christ have been baptized into his death, right? That we are connected to Jesus' death and to Jesus' resurrection. And so now we belong to Christ. And so now, as Christ has been crucified and we're united to that, the flesh right? That identity of being apart from Christ, that flesh too has been crucified with its passions and its desires. Now that's begun within us. Again, it's not fully complete. And, uh, you know, as Lutherans, we're really good at that, you know, that, that kind of tension, the now and not yet, that, um, that, that this is a reality now in which we live. And so we daily, as the, as the catechism teaches us, right, in baptism and in confession absolution, right, we daily crucify the flesh again. Because that that struggle as, as the new man in Christ and the old man or as the saint and the sinner, as that struggle goes on within us and within our lives, that the answer isn't, again, it's not found in the law but it's found in the gospel and who we are in Christ. It's found in God's work for us by sending his son, Jesus, into the world to be crucified in order to save us and to be raised raised for us so that we would have that hope of eternal life as well. And now because of that, again, um, so he ends this section, you're right, he ends this section with exhortation. Basically, (laughs) all he's saying is, now this is who you are, Act like it. Mm-hmm. Right? Stop, stop acting like something different. This is who you are in Christ. If we live by the Spirit, we do live by the Spirit because the Spirit's been given to us. So let us also walk by the Spirit. Be who you are in Christ. And that's again, that's that's part of the whole theme of Galatians, right? You're you're this new man. So act like it. And that's, that's that. And the way you act like it is, well, you, you walk in step with the spirit, you walk in line. And so as, as this battle 
is waged within us, right? Our our um, our marching orders are clear, right? To to walk by the Spirit, to be led by the Spirit, because this is who we are in Christ is a, a forgiven, beloved child of God who has been given all that God has has to offer and has that, that future hope, that future promise of the inheritance of the kingdom of God because of Jesus' work for us. You are a new man in Christ. Walk by the Spirit. You are loved. You are rejoiced over. You are given peace. Go down the whole list, given patience by the Holy Spirit. Pastor Ross Shaver of Zion Lutheran Church in Nampa, Idaho, helping us today with Galatians chapter 5. Pastor Shaver, thank you. Thank you for being our guest. Oh, you're welcome. Again, it was my joy and pleasure. Saints of our Lord, walk in the Spirit. And he will give his fruit by this same spirit, joy, peace, patience, kindness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. All of it flows from our vine, our Lord Jesus Christ, and we as his branches. I'm your host, Brady Finneran, pastor of Messiah Lutheran Church in Sartell, Minnesota. Thank you for joining us, and the Lord keep you safe in the palm of his hand.